Sometimes the BS doesn't all fit between six and nine. So this is where we put the extra bits. Jamie and Lee on Listener. Anytime you want them. One of my favourite events each and every year, and I've been going up there and being part of it for the last, I think, seven, eight, nine years mm-hmm. now, maybe even longer, is Tumberfest. It's happening Saturday and Sunday, and headlining the event on Saturday are the Choir Boys. It is going to be a hell of a show, and to talk to us all about what's going to be happening on stage, the shenanigans, and everything else that's going on. Mark Gable, hello. Hello, boys. How are you? Tumberfest, 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 Tumberfest. Tumba Tumba Fest. <laughs> What's a tumba anyway? I want to know what a tumba is. Uh, a, a tumba is uh, short for a tumba rumba. Um, and uh, little known, little known fact that my long life goal is to get Chumbawamba to play in tumba rumba. So if you've got any contacts that you could put on to me, that would be wonderful. Let me put that down on my to-do list. (laughs) We've had a lot of attempts at it. Uh, We get knocked down, but we keep getting back up again. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, where were we? Tumblefest, yes! Yeah. I'm assuming you haven't played Tumbarumba before. You've been down in this neck of the woods. You're no strangers to this area, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've done a lot of Wagga Wagga stuff and in the area, yeah. But we haven't done – I don't think we've done Tumberfest. But, look, I could be speaking out of turn there because there's a lot of things that I've done that I don't remember, you know. <laughs> and people go, you did that. And I go, no, I didn't. They go, yes, you did. Here's the photo. I go, oh, all right, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> You've just had a whole show about stuff that you do remember going on with the you run to paradise stories of Australian yeah. rock and roll. How's that been going? Oh, it's been great. You know, it's like uh, there were a few people that got upset about it because it was very pointed and risque, you know, and I was kind of looking forward to getting sued, you know, by some of the artists, but they didn't do anything. But Steve Kilby from the church and Alex Smith from Moving Pictures both said to me, don't talk about me, but I did anyway. (laughs) And just did again. Yes, I just did again. And uh, they were joking, you know, they're both risque, funny people. But, you know, it's been great because it's all the history of the stuff that we've seen and heard and, you know, I guess the realistic side of what goes on behind the scenes of, of rock and roll and the amazing people that we've met. And it, they're amazing on stage, but they're even more amazing off stage. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we spoke to you about this previously, but did did it throw up any new memories for you? Did people come up to you as, as you're going through the show and say, oh, remember this and it's triggered something else and you've had to add extra bits into the show or you've, you're pretty set on what you've got there? Well, no, no, it's not set, you know, and I'm having to rewrite it. As I said, that, you know, there were, some people were upset what uh, about what we said about some people and, you know, artists. And then... Ian, Ian Hume, Link, our bass player, Choir Boys bass player, sent me a message, do you remember the first gig we did? And I go, oh, yes, at the time it's Hyde Hotel DY. And the the, uh, the bar manager got our lead guitarist in a headlock when we were playing <laughs> our very first gig, right? And I'm going, he's talking to him, you know, yelling in his ear while we're playing. And I can't tell you what he said because there was a swear word involved, but it was something to do with it being too loud. (laughs) 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 We didn't know until the end of the year. What was he asking you? This is Brad Carr, our original guitarist, the bar manager had in a headlock. I said, what did he say to you? And he told me, I went, oh, my God. You know, so, yeah, it's... um, 
See, here's the thing. If you're a bar manager and you want the band to do something, you have to talk to the singer, not the lead guitarist. <laughs> lead guitarists are inept and it's very they're impossible at, you know, referring information to the important people in the band. I too am a lead singer in my band, can confirm. Yep. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> there you go. How do you go, like, as as choir boys, how did he go from playing a pub in DY to the success that you had with Big Bad Noise and, like, all of that, like, all of that that followed? And I guess, like, Run to Paradise, did I say Run to Paradise was still one of the top 50 Aussie singles last year? Yeah, it's weird because you don't plan any of this, you know, and, and as we said before, we went on air and we we're talking about me doing radio and one of the individuals that I interviewed was Todd Hunter from Dragon. Now Todd Hunter is a bass player and of course the brother of Mark Hunter, the singer from Dragon. And I said, Hey, how did you do it all? You know, and he goes, Oh, we just were bumping into walls <laughs> <laughs> I said, What? He said, Well, we were just, you know, doing it. You know, and that's the way it was, is that, you know, bands back then, it's just what we did. And it was a different kind of lifestyle of what we have now, you know, and everything is like social media uh, driven and Internet driven and even bands success, you know, like as Australian bands are doing amazing business overseas and we don't really know about it unless we check online. But back then you just went and did a gig and you did another gig and another gig and another gig and eventually word of mouth or people ringing up on the phone, dial, dial, dial. Oh, have you heard this band Choir Boys? Mate, they're great, mate. Yeah, bloody great, mate. Come along and turn her at the, you know, the, the Bankstown RSL next week, you know, and so off you go. So it was really just word of mouth. And then invariably, you know, you get an agent, you get a record company, you get a manager, you get a publisher, and they then attack the radio stations, Triple M in particular, and go, listen, what about this new single? And invariably, if the radio station likes it, it gets play- it got played and people would be either at home listening to Triple M or driving or whatever the case may be. And they go, oh, I really like this song. You know, and, and you know, airtime air was very important, a great combination of things. And, of course, countdown and away you went and then... You know, lo and behold, you become a successful band and everybody wants to come along and see you and you become part of Australian culture. So what I'm hearing is you, you're buzzing along doing your own thing, bouncing off the walls and eventually cleaning up. You pioneered the robot vacuum approach before they were even a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I should buy one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they Weirdly, they make very good Valentine's Day presents. I can tell you this for a fact. Uh, appliances, not usually a great idea to buy your significant other, except when the appliance does the work themselves. So you bought your significant other a vacuum cleaner? Well, not this year. It was several years ago. But she was, <laughs> she was happy with it that year because, because, as I say, you know, you just set it and forget it. It, it doesn't have to do... Hang on a minute. Are you still together? Yeah, very much so. Oh, okay. All right. I rest my case. <laughs> Jeez, it's a braver man than I am, just quietly a braver man. Yeah, it was a gamble, but it paid off. <laughs> yeah.
I did mention that Run to Paradise has been doing so well over the last 12 months. What impact has streaming had on the popularity, I mean, of choir boys, but also I know that you kick around and chat with the other artists who are of, of your era, and seeing those songs still hit the charts and come back into the charts after all these years? Yeah, well, you said streaming, right, which is the enemy of radio, correct? Yes and no. Yes and no. Well, I didn't know about it till Richard Clapton pointed it out to me. You know, we were backstage at the Big Red Bash, uh, which I was emceeing a couple of years ago. And he goes, your song, and by the way, Mark, sorry, I've had a few drinks. He goes, uh, your song has got 50 billion, million, squillion, you know, streams on it. Mine's got 11 million. And I went, what? And he goes, on Spotify. I go, all right. So I had a look and I went, wait, see, what's 51 million, Richard, you know, and yours is 11 million. Yes, you are correct. As I said, that was two years ago. And it's so, up until that point, I didn't take any notice. And then I, you know, every now and then I look and I think we're up to like 70 million or something. So for an Australian song, it's incredibly popular. And I guess, you know, and forgive me for saying this, radio loving people, there's a lot of criticism about the payments of Spotify to artists. However, the great thing about it is that it's the people's choice. Mm. They go, I want to listen to this song. I don't want to listen to that song. And so you actually see what people want directly. Um, So in that way, it's kind of good, I guess. And without Richard Clapton, we wouldn't know about Spotify. (laughs) For better or worse, it seems like they've put a lot of money and effort into getting those algorithms right as well, like having those platforms figure out, oh, if you like this, you might like that. And they're generally pretty accurate. So it is a good way to find new music that you're almost guaranteed to like too. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, if I, you know, happen to look up Choir Boys and there's Run to Paradise, right, then... I'll throw me, you know, Uncanny X-Men. Nice. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a bad joke? <laughs> no. I like Brian Mannix. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, me too. My, um... That was funny. You don't even know who Uncanny X-Men are. What's yeah. the matter with you people? My, my favourite Uncanny X-Men story was when Hugh Jackman was asked to star as Wolverine in, in X-Men. He thought it was an Uncanny X-Men story at the time because he hadn't heard of the comic. He'd only heard of the band Uncanny X-Men. <laughs> he went into the audition with the Brian Mannix hair. I don't know yeah. if you... I think he did some research before he went to the audition. But yeah, when his agent first pitched it to him, he thought it was something to do with Uncanny X-Men. Fantastic. Yeah. When was like, yeah, sure, I'll have a crack at that. And then Wolverine. So, yeah. It isn't that interesting, you know? So. Like... And by the way, I met Hugh Jackman, you know, we did a football grand final with him and he was he was a lovely guy. And he wasn't Hugh Jackman as we know him now. He was just the guy, Hugh Jackman, before doing the Brian Mannix audition. <laughs> you sung with him, Yeah, I, I didn't sing with him that year. He came down to do the uh, the, the Christmas carols in Wagga um, just before the X-Men thing broke, I think. He'd done a couple of films in Australia. I think it might have been Erskineville Kings and maybe... Chasing the enemy, dating the enemy, or something, or paperback hero, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he would just started to. He'd been on TV here, and it started to kind of break the movies, uh, movie game. Uh, was, I think it might have been only about six or twelve months before X Men came out, and he became the Hugh Jackman that we know now. But yeah, yeah. sang at the Wagga Christmas Carols at the Music Bowl. Isn't that freaky, right? And I just walked into a room. Um, 
at the football grounds and he was in this room by himself. I go, and we just met previously, right? I go, what's this in here? And he goes, oh, this is my dressing room. And I said, oh, my dressing room. And he actually said, Mark, right, because we just met, right? And I was, you know, well, I'm impressed with that now, but then it didn't mean much. But then I go, you've got your own dressing room? I'm, I'm in there with everybody else. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's just rude. So there you go. Just rude. Well, I can tell you right now that at Tumberfest, you and the band will have your own special dressing room uh, up there yeah. just behind the stage, ready to roll, and we will see you on the stage on Saturday afternoon. Choir boys, you can catch them up at Tumberfest, tumberfest.com.au to grab your tickets. Check out all the socials as well. And Mark Gable from Choir Boys, looking forward to seeing you on stage. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys, you two, side of stage, and I will make fun of you. (laughs) It'll be me, Lee, and Hugh Jackman, and we'll have a bottle of water, a Panadol, and a hand towel. (laughs) (laughs) A hand towel. To wipe the sweat off your brow, of course, from rocking so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, a pleasure to catch up. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. You have fun. Jamie and Leon Listener, anytime you want them. And live from 6 to 9 weekdays on the Riverinas Triple M.